My name is Ty Brady, the owner of Brady Insurance Marketing and the Ty Brady Way. Welcome back to another episode of the Ty Brady Way. Episode 73. You know, I'm going to tell you a little bit about how I grew up, and I've been reluctant in the past to share this, but I've been convinced by a number of people and, you know, just my heart saying, you know what, people need to hear my story. They need to know my story because there's people out there I can help. And instead of, you know, I need to be a beacon of light to shine light. People see where I'm at today and may not understand where I came from or or what I struggled with. So the first thing, you know, I was born in a small town. Well, not small town, but my dad built a house in Provo growing up. And that's where I was pretty much born. But I was born three pounds, four ounces. And I remember my mom telling me stories as I was growing up back then, 42 years ago now, where they didn't really have all of the technology they have today about saving babies. And she said that I was born and what ended up happening and why I was premature is my mom's umbilical cord had grown over. So I was only getting about half the nutrition I needed to grow. But I was born very small. And she told me stories about having to buy baby dolls to have me dressed when I was a kid. My dad could hold me in the palm of his hand. But the story that I remember from birth is that she would told me, Ty, that she would sit there in the hospital and just rub my hand or my belly as I was in the incubator. And she would see all of the kids that were in the NICU that were not making it. And she tells me a story about my grandpa. My grandpa died when I was pretty young, my mom's mom. And He used to say, you know, that that kid was born to do something great. And my mom would always remind me of that. My mom would always remind me that I was also born to be a king, as well as my sisters were born to be queens. You know, I have eight sisters and two brothers. I have a little sister and a little brother that are younger than me, but all the rest are older. And I like to say that living with seven older sisters, that it kind of made me a little bit more compassionate and empathetic. But some days I wonder if it made me a little bit more hard because as soon as things got emotional in my house, I would go and run and, and hide out in the basement. And that's what I did. But growing up as a kid with 11 siblings, you can imagine that things were pretty scarce. My dad's philosophy was fix it up, wear it out, make it do or live without. My dad fixing things and they would break and fixing things again and they would break. And I always remember my dad working two jobs, whether it was building a deck or finishing someone's basement. He would work a full-time job and then work at night. And he did that for years. The two things I learned from that is my dad was the hardest working man I've ever known. And he worked so, so hard, and I'm grateful for that. The other thing that I learned is my dad was, at some points, a very angry man, but times were different, meaning that society was different, and it isn't like today. And the one thing that I get is I love my dad dearly. I've learned a lot from my dad, but at some points he was he was a very angry man. And I think some of the temper I have comes from my dad. But the point I'm trying to make with that is that, you know, we all have past and it's easy to judge our, our parents of our past, but we're also a product of our environment, meaning I got to take the good and I want to leave the bad behind. And I think as we evolve as, as society and as a culture, we want to take the good and not the bad. And a lot of people reflect on, you know, what happened to them as as they were a young child. Or a lot of people reflect on they didn't have the best life growing up. And they use all of those as excuses for behavior and action. I want everyone to know out there that forget all that. You are you. And yes, we are a product of our past, but we can learn from it and do better. And stop making excuses for the way you grew up. I could have a lot of reasons why 
I did or behaved a certain way. And then with my dad as well as the hardest working man I know, I want to talk a little bit about my mom. My mom was always a dreamer. And my mom was always the one, like she, I told you, she said, you're born to be a king and you're born to be something great. And she says, a lot of people out there need to hear your voice and your story. And I lost her a little while ago, you know, it's been two years now, but I had two different parents, right? My parents are, were still together, 50 year anniversary. You know, I remember my parents fighting. I'm sure like everyone saw their parents fight and uh, you know what? I'm glad they resolved it. I'm glad they figured it out and they worked through it. I fought with my siblings. It's part of life, right? Um, You're learning and you're growing and you're developing. Leaving all the negative things aside, I'm grateful for those two principles on how to dream and and hard work because I would like to say that those are two attributes that I've taken in my life to help me realize that I was born to do something great and never stop dreaming. The universe has a lot to give. And I think a lot of people think about all of the, the woes that life has given them. And I moved from Provo to Riverton. And some of my earliest moments was my older sister taking care of me. My mom tells me a story about leaving me out in the sun for six hours. And I got a second degree sunburn. I remember my sisters helping me cook. I remember my sisters helping me dress up because that was their thing, you know, like a Barbie doll. But my sisters are great. They've always been supportive of what I do. And they all I cherish the time I I have with them because life is so short. I remember at 12 years old, mowing lawns. My mom said, if you want something, go work for it. Go and sell coupons door to door, mow lawns, you know, help help somebody roof a house, help somebody pack in lumber to frame a house. Those are all things that I did. So hard work has never been a, a problem for me. And I think I contribute that success from my dad. Now let's talk about school because school was rough. For me. I don't know if many of you know this, but I'm dyslexic and there's a lot of forms of dyslexia out there. Reading is very difficult for me. You know that the traditional alphabet, as you read the alphabet and you have vowels and you try and sound things out, it does not compute in my brain. It literally does not. I sit there and try and sound it out and I sound it out and people say, well, what does it say? And I'm like, I don't know. And they thought I was deaf. I had a lot of uh, resource classes growing up when I was a kid. They'd come and pull me out of second and third grade to try and figure out why. I mean, this again, this is society back 40 years ago. They don't know everything they know today. But I was always referred to as the dumb kid or I'm never going to make it in life. I was picked on a lot. So I became numb to a lot of the noise that came from traditional society of friends and being bullied. And you know what? To this day, I don't care what people think about me. I really don't. I am me. I've been able to achieve great things. And I'd like to say that the environment that I grew up in high, in school helped me become numb to all of the negativity that's out there. People could say, Ty, you're an idiot. I'm like, yeah, whatever. That's what you think. I know I'm going to go do this. I just became numb to it. The other thing is, is in a couple of stories from school is in fifth and sixth grade, I had the same teacher for fifth and sixth grade. For whatever reason, she took a kind of a liking to me, or maybe it was because of my mom. My mom was always one that would go and talk to the administration about how can the school help her son, right? How Because she saw the struggle. And because I was that kid that was dumb and, and couldn't read, and people would literally laugh at me when I tried to read, and I'm in third grade, and I'm looking at this page, and people are, you know, reading it from start to finish, their comprehension levels through the roof. And I'm sitting there just goofing off because I could not read. My dad and mom said, Ty, you got to learn to sight read. 
And a lot of people have complimented me over the past 40 years saying, Ty, you've got a memory that won't quit. And part of that, I think, goes back to, you know, making weak things become strong because I learned to sight read through memorization. And my wife says, Ty, how do you remember people's faces and their names? And I mean, I literally have to, I know the word because I looked at it, somebody told it to me because I can't do the traditional way of trying to sound it out. In grade school, I believe I learned to take a weak thing and made it strong. And then as for my teacher that took a liking to me in fifth or sixth grade, she would help me do a lot of math, a lot of creativity. She would give me other projects to do so that I wasn't goofing off and getting in trouble. Except for the one time that I got left behind from an assembly and my sixth grade teacher was into pets. And this is kind of a funny story because I got in a lot of trouble over this. But we had what were called cichlids and guppies. And I was bored because I got left behind assembly because I was being a goof off in class. And if anybody knows about cichlids and guppies is I took the guppies with my hand in the fish tank and put them in a cichlid tank and cichlids love eating minnows and I remember when everyone got back from the assembly we sat in the classroom and some girl looked over the fish tank and she says who put the guppies in the cichlid tank and my teacher's eyes went were about ready to pop out of her head and she said tie the principal's office now I was grounded the entire summer I worked my guts off to get ungrounded my mom that's how she punished me was work she's like you want to goof off and you want to not do things the right way and pay attention, you're going to work. And she made me work. I didn't have time with friends. I mean, I worked and worked and worked. And looking back on it now, again, these are all stories that just cracked me up, but that was the one I remember from grade school. I think I'm going to end this for now for part one of me and who I am. Tune in next time and have a great day. You can find The Ty Brady Way on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. To contact us, please email thetybradyway at gmail.com. The Ty Brady Way was edited and produced by Marlo Belmano. The theme music is an excerpt from Hot Chicken of the Woods by Isaac Joel. 